here we are. The first episode of The Nerd Life with your host, Brandon. I'm going to be going through a bunch of stories, video games, books, movies, anything at all that's really interesting to me, I'm going to go through. And so I'm going to start today with Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone by J.K. Rowling. This book really was the beginning of it all. It was one of the most popular and iconic pop culture franchises started with a single book. This book changed the world with, with its story of the boy who lived. This book created an excellent adventure of teens growing through adolescence, overcoming obstacles through teamwork, friendship, and love. So to start with my podcast, I'm just going to go a quick synopsis through every chapter, basically give about a sentence or two for each chapter, and then at the end, I'm going to let my thoughts on the book, the characters, and overall how I thought the writing was. So for the first chapter was The Boy Who Lived. And the book starts with a no-nonsense, practical man, Vernon Dursley, on his way to work. And he notices some weird things going on, like a cat that might be following him around, people in little robes celebrating on the streets, and he even thinks he hears one of them say his nephew's name, Harry Potter. That night, outside the Dursley's house, a man in robes, Albus Dumbledore, a cat that turns into a lady, McGonagall, and a half-giant, Rubius Hagrid, deliver baby Harry Potter to the Dursley's Dursley's doorstep, saying that Harry's parents were killed by the most evil wizard of all time, Lord Voldemort. But somehow, baby Harry killed Voldemort. In return, Harry received a lightning bolt scar across his forehead. This was in chapter 2, which is 10 years in the future. The Dursleys treat Harry basically as a servant. He lives in a cupboard under the stairs. He cooks for them. He cleans for them. For them and their son, who's roughly the same age as Harry, but about five times bigger and fatter, Dudley Dursley. Dudley is really spoiled. He actually has two bedrooms while Harry is forced to live under the stairs. Dudley's second bedroom is used to hold all of his toys and stuff like that, while Harry literally has to live in a cupboard under the stairs. At one of Dudley's birthday parties to the zoo, the Dursleys were forced to drag Harry along because usually they have a babysitter for him, but she was busy. So, But at the zoo, Harry starts talking to a snake in one of the exhibits. There's more on that coming later books, but I'm just going to go right past that now and he accidentally removes the glass around the exhibit, freeing the snake. A bunch of weird things like this keep happening to Harry throughout his entire childhood. It all makes sense when he receives the letters in Chapter 3. In Chapter 3, the letters from no one. This is the first time in Harry's life where he receives a letter. The Dursleys take notice of this and look to see who it was from. After seeing who it was from, Mr. Dursley freaks out and rips up the mail. The next few days, large amounts of these letters come in for Harry through the chimneys, through the windows, and every, any way possible. And Mr. Dursley makes it a personal point to burn every single letter if he can. In a panic move, the Dursleys move out to a shack in the middle of the ocean to hide from the letters. This goes right into chapter four, the keeper of the keys. It's Harry's birthday that night, and they hear a knock at the door. Rubius Hagrid enters the, enters the room, and he tells Harry that he is a wizard and the real story behind Harry's parents' death. He brings Harry a letter from Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry and says that Harry will be attending that school next year. This goes right into Chapter 5, Diagon Alley. Harry and Hagrid lead the Dursleys and head to the magic world. They meet turban-wearing, stuttering Professor Quirrell, a new professor at Hogwarts, the school Harry will be going to. Then they go to Gringotts, the bank where Harry finds out how much money he has, which is actually a lot. His parents left him a lot of money. And then Hagrid goes to a special vault to grab something for the headmaster, Professor Dumbledore. After this, Harry buys his school supplies, an owl, and gets his own wand. Surprisingly, surprisingly enough, this wand is actually the exact replica and twin of Voldemort's wand. Then Hagrid tells Harry to go to platform nine and three quarters and gives him his train ticket. 
at King's Cross Station for the train to leave in Hogwarts on September 1st. This goes right into Chapter 6, The Journey for Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Harry waits till the train date on pins and needles. He cannot wait to get out of the Dursley's life and just be on his own with all the other wizards. But Dursley's driving to the train station, but Harry doesn't know to find the exact platform because there's not a real platform. It's only a magic platform. There's actually a hidden border or hidden uh, entranceway. But thankfully, he overhears a family talking about wizard and stuff like that. So he asks them for help. Harry befriends one of the boys his age, Ron Weasley, and they sit on the train together. They meet another girl, Hermione Granger. Harry also meets and hates Draco Malfoy. Draco Malfoy is a rich kid. He thinks he's better than everybody else. So instant, instinctively, Harry all, all, immediately hates him. The train arrives at Hogwarts and the students get off. This goes right into Chapter 7, Sorting Hat. At Hogwarts, there are four houses, each with like characteristics and traits. And there, These four houses are like teams that split up all the students. There's Gryffindor, which is known for its bravery. Slytherin, which is known for its cunningness and basically evilness. Hufflepuff is known for its kindness. And Ravenclaw is known for its wisdom. Harry, Ron, and Hermione are all sorted into Gryffindor. And Harry's nemesis, Draco Malfoy, is in Slytherin. Another notable Gryffindor are all of Ron's siblings and also Neville Longbottom, one of Harry's friends. There's a giant feast and Harry sees all the teachers. But one teacher, when looking at it, makes a scar around his forehead burn. Severus Snape, the Potions Master. This goes right into Chapter 8, the Potions Master. Harry begins all of his classes. He has classes on spells, potions, defense against the dark arts, and magic history. But his least favorite class is potions. Professor Snape is Harry's teacher, and he immediately hates him. He's really mean to Harry, makes fun of him in front of everybody, and calls him out in front of the entire class for not knowing enough. Later in the week, Harry meets with Hagrid, and Harry sees a newspaper about how Gringotts is broken into, but nothing was stolen. Harry realizes that this vault that was broken into was the same vault that Hagrid emptied earlier with Harry. But Hagrid won't tell him what it is. This goes into Chapter 9, The Midnight Duel. One of Harry's classes is teaching him how to fly in a broomstick. But, and Harry is a very natural good flyer. And is known as by Professor McGonagall, who introduces Harry to Oliver Wood, the Gryffindor Quidditch captain. Harry is given the status of seeker on the Quidditch team. Quidditch is basically like soccer, kind of. But instead of running on the ground, they use flying broomsticks and fly through the air. And then instead of one goal, there's three goal hoops where you try to throw the ball into. There's three balls, a quaffle, a bludger, and a snitch. The quaffle is the main ball people pass around and try to go through the hoops. The bludger is basically a ball that has its mind of its own and tries to hurt people. So there's people with, there's people called beaters that have little bats to try to hit the bludger around, aiming at the other team. And finally, the golden snitch is the most important. It's a really small golden ball with wings that flies around really fast. And it is a seeker's job to catch the golden snitch. And the game does not end until the seeker catches the golden snitch. Later in the chapter, Harry, Ron, Neville, and Hermione are out late breaking curfew when they're almost caught by caretaker Filch and his cat, Mrs. Norris. So to avoid getting caught, they hide into a random room. And in this room, the kids find a three-headed dog covering a trap door. Harry realizes that whatever Hagrid got from Gringotts Bank must be under that trap door. This was right in chapter 10, Halloween. The chapter starts with Harry getting his own broomstick from Professor McGonagall. Usually first years are not allowed to have broomsticks or anything like that, or even play Quidditch at all, but McGonagall makes an exception to how good Harry is. But the main event for this chapter is that a troll is mysteriously let loose in the castle, and Harry and Ron are together, but Hermione is separated by herself. And somehow Harry, Ron, double back, find Hermione, and knock, and knock out the troll using magic in order to save Hermione.
In chapter 11, Quidditch, Harry, first thing that happens is Harry sees a bite mark on Snape's leg, and immediately he realizes that the three-headed dog must have bit Snape, Snape, and he realizes that Snape is trying to go after whatever is underneath the three-headed dog. Then later in the chapter, Harry has his first Quidditch game, and he's doing really well in the beginning. He's flying around above everybody, looking for the snitch. But then his broom starts to wobble, and he realizes that his broom has been cursed, and he can barely hold on without falling off his broomstick. Eventually, Hermione realizes that Snape is jinxing his broom, so she knocks past all the professors, including Professor Quirrell, and lights Snape's robes on fire without being noticed. This allows Harry to regain control of his broom, kind of, while going straight down to the ground, while half half heavy control of his broom, half his broom wobbling around, he dies and catches a snitch in his mouth. Snitch in his mouth. This causes Gryffindor to win their first game. After celebrating with his team, Harry goes to Hagrid's hut, and Harry learns that the dog that they see is actually Hagrid's dog. He named it Fluffy, and that Nicholas Flamel is behind what's underneath the dog. This goes right into chapter 12, The Mirror of Erised. Harry, Ron, and Hermione spend the rest of their time researching Nicholas Flamel, trying to find out what he what he's done, but they cannot. But they have no luck. On Christmas, Harry is given an invincibility, invisibility cloak from a mysterious giver. He uses the cloak to sneak into Harry, the library's restricted section. Almost getting caught, he hides in a random room and sees the mirror of Erised. This is a mirror that shows whoever's looking into it their deepest desires. And so for Harry, he sees his parents. He goes to the mirror multiple times and eventually is caught by Dumbledore and tells him not to go to the mirror anymore. This is where, in chapter 13, Nicholas Fumel, Harry realizes that he knows the name Fumel, and they find his name on the back of one of Dumbledore's cards. They find out that he is a 666-year-old man and that he created the Sorcerer's Stone, which creates the elixir of life, giving anybody the ability to live forever. After the next Quidditch game, Harry sees Snape threatening Quirrell about the stone and how to get to it. Harry, Ron, and Hermione think that Snape is after the stone. This is in Chapter 14, Norbert, the Nor Norwegian Ridgeback. Finals are approaching the students, so they spend a lot of their time studying. But they take some few breaks to go visit Hagrid in his hut. And they find out that Hagri Hagrid randomly got an illegal baby dragon egg. And he names the Once a baby hatches, he names him Norbert. Charlie, Ron's oldest brother, works with dragons in Romania. And so the kids write to him, asking if he will take Norbert away and keep him safe. After delivering the, the dragon to Charlie, Harry and Hermione are caught delivering the dragon to Charlie by Filch, the caretaker. So they are in trouble. This was right in chapter 15, The Forbidden Forest. Harry, Ron, and Hermione. This goes right into chapter 13, Nicholas Fumel. Harry realizes that he knows the name Fumel from the back of one of Dumbledore's cards. And he, they figure out that Fumel is a 666-year-old man that has created the Sorcerer's Stone, which creates a elixir of life, giving anybody the ability to live forever. Later in the week, Harry has his next Quidditch match, and after the game, he sees Snape threatening Quirrell about the stone and how to get to it. The group thinks that Snape is after the stone. In Chapter 14, Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback, finals are approaching the students, so they spend a lot of their time studying. But in, the, in their off time, they go and visit Hagrid. They learn that Hagrid randomly gets an illegal baby dragon named Norbert. Charlie, Ron's older brother, works with dragons in Romania. So the kids write to Charlie, asking if they will take Norbert away to keep him safe. After delivering Norbert to Charlie, Harry and Hermione are caught by Filch, the caretaker, and his cat, Mrs. Norris. This goes right into chapter 15, The Forbidden Forest. Harry, Hermione, Malfoy, who told on Harry and Hermione, and somehow Neville Longbottom, are all caught 
out late on the same night. The four women get detention together, and so they have to help Hagrid in the Forbidden Forest. In the forest, Harry and Malfoy see a hooded figure drinking the unicorn's blood. Harry's scar starts to burn as the figure approaches. The figure is shooed away by his centaur, Frenzy. Frenzy tells Harry that that was Lord Voldemort himself, and that, the, and that drinking the unicorn blood will keep you alive, even if you are moments away from death. Harry realizes that Snape must be working to get the stone to save Voldemort. In chapter 16, through the trap door, Hagrid accidentally tells them that the music that music will help anyone to get past Fluffy. And then he told and then he also tells them that he accidentally told this to a man who gave him the dragon ale while he was drunk. The gang figures out that this person must be Snape. One day, Headmaster Dumbledore is gone, so the group thinks this is the best time that Snape will make his move for the stone. So Ron, Harry, and Hermione decide to go after the stone and get the stone first. The first step to get the stone is to get past Fluffy. So Harry plays the flute to put Fluffy to sleep so they can get around him. The second is a devil snare. After going down the trap door, they fall into devil snare, which is a quicksand-like plant. But Hermione, being how smart as she is, he knows to use fire to get past it. So, they, so she uses a spell to cast fire on the devil snare, and all three of them fall to safety. The third, after walking along a long hallway, they see a room with a locked door on the side, and above them are many keys flying around and a broomstick on the ground. Harry uses his Quidditch skills to fly up, grab the right key, and unlock the door. After going into the next room, there's a huge board, a huge chessboard. This isn't normal chess, this is wizard's chess, which has the same rules as normal chess, except for the pieces move on themselves, and also the pieces actually destroy each other after, after like, like when you, after you're capturing an opponent. And during the game, Ron is the best player, and Ron sacrifices himself to let Harry and Hermione advance. In the next room, there are several potions on the ground, some that contain poison, one that allows you to go forward, one that allows you to retreat, with a set of clues labeling each one. Hermione is able to decipher the clues and gives Harry the, the right one to move forward to face Snape one-on-one -on -one for the stone. This was right in chapter 17, The Man with Two Faces. Harry enters a room to not see Snape, but Professor Quirrell in front of the mirror of Erised. Quirrell reveals that he was trying to jinx Harry's broom and Snape was actually saying a counter curse trying to save Harry's life. Harry looks into the mirror and sees himself with the stone in his pocket instead of seeing his parents this time. And instantly he feels the real stone in his pocket. Quirrell takes off his turban and on the back of his head is another face, the face of Lord Voldemort. Harry's scar starts to burn as, as bad as it ever had before. Harry lies to Quirrell about not having the stone, so Quirrell attacks Harry and tries to strangle him. But somehow, on Harry's touch, Quirrell's fingers disintegrate. Harry realizes that he has some power over Quirrell immediately grabs Harry, Quirrell's face. Until he, and then this burns Quirrell's face into a pile of ash. Harry passes out from exhaustion and pain with the stone in his pocket still. He wakes up a few days later in the infirmary with Dumbledore next to him. Dumbledore says how Harry saved everyone and that the stone is destroyed and that, they might, and that, and that they, he may return to the feast once he feels better. Gryffindor wins the House Cup for the first time in a very long time due to Harry, Ron, and Hermione's bravery. The House Cup is basically just something that says like which group did the best, that the, which team basically did the best out the entire school year. The train comes and Harry's going back to live with the Dursleys for the rest of the summer. So basically, the first half of the book talks about Harry's life with his aunt, uncle, and the cousin, the Dursleys. They treat Harry as a servant because his aunt actually hated Harry's mom for being magical. She didn't like having someone like that in their family. She wanted to have a very strict, normal family.
that's why you can see in the beginning, Mr. Mr. Dursley is so like pragmatic and so not no nonsense. The Dursleys forced Harry to live in a cupboard under the stairs, made him their servant, and refused to tell Harry about his family or his powers. But a lot of people hate the Dursleys for this, but I think the Dursleys are actually get a little bit of a bad rep because like you, they just had their own baby child. Literally, like a few months ago, they had their own baby, and then boom, another baby is dropped on their doorstep from their hated sister. I think it's really like good of them that they took another child in, raised him himself, and then after that, they kind of were garbage people. They treated Harry really poorly. They made him basically their servant. But but in those few years where they raised Harry from ages like one to ages three, that's really helpful and that's actually a good, really good deed. Another character in this book I want to talk about is Hagrid. In this book, J.K. Rowling really uses Hagrid as basically like the comic relief. He's basically really like an idiot in this book. All he really does is he gambles away in Legal Dragon. He tells people about Fluffy because he was drunk. And he also tells 11-year-olds about the, one of the most important secrets in the world. Hagrid really is just more for comic relief and just like a nice friend for Harry, but he's basically an idiot. But you know, he's everyone's favorite idiot. Another character I like to talk about is Severus Snape. Snape is basically one of the best characters in like my fictional history, I think. Because you literally never know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. The entire storyline, Harry thinks he's evil. And then boom, surprise twist at the end. Snape is actually trying to help Harry all along. Even saves Harry's life in the, on the broomstick. There's way more to come on Snape in the future books. I'm really excited to really talk about that later. The readers witness children being brave and standing up to evil. This book does an excellent job explaining and setting up the magical universe, while also pecking in nonstop action. There are a few parts of the book that seem really random and unimportant, then come back later to be really important and like really, like really a big part of the story. Like for example, Haggard with the baby dragon. Like there's like two chapters about him with the baby dragon that really don't mean anything. It kind of a waste of time. But at the end, you learn that he got the baby dragon by telling somebody about Fluffy that ends up being Quirrell himself. The only downside of this book, I'd say, is that it takes a little long to get into. But after that does, it's a really good book. But I understand it takes a long time to get into because she's literally like creating her own universe. Like J.K. Rowling literally sat down and made an entire universe by herself. And that's like, it takes a little bit of time to explain all that, which I really like. Overall, I'd give this book an 89 out of 100 because it really does a really good job uh, appealing to people, appealing to people's emotions, while also setting up having a nice introduction and like basing stuff for the future. Uh, for the next book, I'm going to read Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I finished Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone on Monday, so I'm going to take probably another few days to finish up reading Harry Potter and Chamber of Secrets. But after I do that, I'll have this one out probably later in the week, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday, but something like that. I'm really looking forward to. Uh, talking with you guys about the rest of the books for right now my tentative plan is to go through all the harry potters talk about the movies probably jump into percy jackson maybe some star wars you know it's a lot of time left a lot of quarantine left so go through a lot of stuff also want to give a quick shout out to jack allington the gm experience one of the best nfl football podcasts so if you like nfl football listen to the hymns podcast at the gm experience i just want to say thank you for listening and ggs